Welcome to the New City Fellowship West End Sermon Podcast. We hope and pray this message equips, empowers, and encourages you. And now, today's sermon. All right, now if you have a Bible, go ahead and open with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1 is our text, and the verses are just 12 through 14. Uh, Philippians 1, 12 through 14. By the way, did I say Happy New Year to everybody? Happy New Year. 2023. What a day, what a a great way to spend the first day of the year in worship together with the people of God. Praise God. Now, how many of y'all, you don't have to raise your hands, but rhetorical question. How many of y'all set New Year's resolutions? Right? Maybe there's some. Pay off debt, save money, lose weight, eat healthy, phone parents, quit drinking, all whatever those different things that you have. How about this for resolution? To see the gospel of Jesus Christ advance more and more in our community in 2023. How is that for a resolution? Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that, at least advance in two ways. One, that means the gospel will go out to more people. More people will hear this good news right here in our community. And the gospel will go out through more people. So that means that more people will get to share and tell this good news to our neighbors here in, uh, in the West End. So that's, that's our resolution. And we're going to talk about that more um, over the next couple of weeks. But the theme for the message today I'm taking from this passage is simply advancing the gospel in 2023. Advancing the gospel in 2023. And again, the text is Philippians 1. 12 to 14, and before I read that, just to set the context, this is a church, this is one of Paul's, you can tell, he loves these people as you're reading through this letter. They've got a close relationship. And if you look back at history, part of that is Paul helped found this church. He was one of the church planters of this church in Philippi. And now he's writing, this is called one of the prison letters. He's writing this from a prison cell. And so that's what we have. We're just gonna go through Verses 12 through 14, advancing the gospel in 2023. Hear now the reading of God's word. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This is God's word. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you that you're able. Your word testifies about that. We just sang it, but it comes right from your word that you are able to do just what you said. You're able to do immeasurably more than all we might ask or imagine. And you do it according to your power that's at work within us. So we pray that you would do that in this time that we have together. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here and and online, all the places where we're gathered. Help us to understand these words that we read, but not just that. Help us to have power. Fill us with yourself so that we can walk and live and talk in light of these words for your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, kids, I might just say kid, or a couple kids that are left. Let, do you guys, have y'all had embarrassing moments already? 
Have you had embarrassing moments? Do you realize that that doesn't stop when you become an adult? You still have embarrassing moments. Can I get an amen, somebody? Adults. And the things that you have to do is you've got to learn, right, from those embarrassing moments. And I am a professional at this because I have a lot of those. Amen, Josh. You can amen to that. And, and one of those, and this was another that was at a funeral that I'm going to tell you about. It's not as bad as the one funeral I told you about, but it's, it's, it was pretty bad. So my first year as a pastor was 22 years ago, 23 years ago, around this time. And, uh, and I was in Baltimore. Miss Geraldine was there at the church as well. And I got a call to do a, um, a funeral for this um, gentleman, older gentleman. I didn't know him. Um, and so I agreed to that. They were connected with our ministry in some way, so I went to do his funeral. And this was the second funeral that I did. Now, the first one that I did, we didn't have the burial afterwards, right? I just did the service, and I knew how to do that. But the second one, we had to go to the graveyard, and, and there's a whole ceremony that takes place there at the gravesite. And I didn't realize that I was in charge of it. And so I went there, and, and I'm there, and the funeral director's, pull everybody standing around and they turn and they look at me and they're like well what are you going to do and I was like uh, 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 all right I'll do something and I because I didn't realize that I was supposed to lead it and so I was thinking on my feet right I thought all right well maybe I, I'll quote some scripture and so I thought about that Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and then I was quoting uh Jesus said I'm the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me and it was going all right at that point but the, and then I remembered, I'd been to some funerals, and I had seen the part where they say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I remembered that, and I got that part right. And then I just, everything else got messed up after that. I wasn't sure what to do next, and then I, I started thinking, I was just talking, and then I was thinking, all right, maybe we should pray. Prayer is a good idea. And I started leading them in prayer, and then I thought, all right, as we say the prayer that the Lord taught his disciples to pray, so I'm leading them in the Lord's prayer except I'm so nervous that I messed up the Lord's prayer as I'm leading them. I said something like, give us today our daily temptation and it's a, something like that. I messed up the Lord's prayer. And if you're the leader and you mess up the Lord's prayer, there's no screen. So everybody out there is all messed up because of me. And, and I, just, I just messed the whole thing up. And, and then finally, after the, the funeral service is over, the bearer is over, we went back to the church for the repast. And I was sitting down by myself. I had just got my food, and one of the funeral directors comes over to me, and he put his arm around me. <laughs> and he said, son, they have books that can help you. <laughs> so y'all, you know what I did? I got one. And I've been using this ever since. This same book. Amen. He was right. You've got to learn from your mistakes. Now, you know what's wild is every time we go back to Baltimore, still 23 years later, I know some of the folks in that family, is as I go back, none of them remember how bad I messed up at the funeral. Isn't that wild? I remember that very well, but they don't remember that. What they remembered is in a time of need and in a time of suffering, somebody was there. And somebody was there sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. That's what stuck with them. In spite of my mess ups, in spite of my nervousness, 
in spite of my lack of experience, in spite of all the things that could have gone wrong, it did not stop the gospel from advancing. Even in spite of my failure, God advanced the gospel in that situation. And I say that to us today as we think about this theme of advancing the gospel in 2023. I wonder what feelings go through your mind even as I bring up that idea. Maybe you feel like, yeah, we should be doing that. And then you feel, oh no, nervous. Oh no, I gotta do that. How do I do that? I feel inadequate. I feel afraid. I feel not equipped. How, how am I gonna be able to do that? And we're gonna be doing this year and talking this year about equipping the saints, right? Of equipping us to be able to share our faith and to, uh, to share the gospel and advance the gospel. We're gonna learn more about that this year. That's one of the things we're gonna be working on. But the thing I wanna to say to you, even before we get to all of that, is that same thing is true. Is that our insecurities, our, our failures, our lack of experience, our fears, all of those things, they cannot stop the gospel of Jesus Christ from advancing right here in this neighborhood. And so I say that to assure you today that maybe as, as nervous or, or whatever it is that you feel, God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Didn't we just sing about that? The gospel is going to advance in this neighborhood, and he's going to use the people of God to do that. And the people that Paul is writing to at this time, they're worried about that, right? Paul is in, where did I say he was? He's in prison. And so if you're in that church, what are you thinking? You're like, oh no, man, the, gospel, the gospel's not going to advance anymore. There's persecution, there's all of that stuff. This, the greatest minister we have is now in jail. And so how is the gospel going to advance? And so that's what Paul talks about here. And that's what we're going to learn from. There's two things we have today that we're going to learn. Not three, just, just two. Two points. We're going to learn about the instrument of advancing the gospel, and then we're going to look at the impact. Is that all right? So the instrument of advancing the gospel and the impact of advancing the gospel. Now, what is the instrument of advancing the gospel? Well, let's look at the text. Verse 12 again. What does it say? Paul starts out, he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, what happened to him? What happened? He's preaching the gospel, and then what happens? He's arrested, in, and he's thrown in prison. And so that's what happened to him. But look at what he says. I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served. Really. Now, what is that really there for? It's saying that you guys thought one thing. But what really happened was something different. You thought the gospel was not going to advance. But what I want to tell you is the opposite happened. The opposite happened even though I'm put in prison. He says, it's really served to advance the gospel. And here there's actually a little play on words. Now I know all y'all Greek scholars, I'm going to pronounce all this stuff wrong, all right? So, and honey, my wife is watching on the day. I know I'm going to say it wrong. My wife's part Greek. So, so she's going to straighten me out later. But there's a play on words that's going on here. You see that word is translated advance. There's a Greek word, it's called prokope, right? That means advance. But there's another Greek word, it's called proskope. It's got an S in it. And that word means hindrance. 
Do you see that? What Paul is saying is y'all thought this was proscope, a hindrance. But what happened to me is procope. It served to advance the gospel. You thought the gospel was going to be shackled up, but instead it's been set free. The gospel has gone forward. You thought it was a hindrance, but it's really been advanced. Now what is it? What is the means of advancement for the gospel? Do you know what it is? The instrument for advancing the gospel is adversity. It's adversity right here, or whatever you want to call that. But that is the means of advancing the gospel. Three years ago, I got um, asked to speak at this conference at the Schaefer Institute. They were having it up at the seminary. And the theme of it was advancing the gospel through adversity. And they said, we want you to preach on this passage, Philippians 1, 12 to 14. And that's a passage I wasn't very familiar with. And so I just kind of looked at it. I said, all right. And so at my first glance at that passage, what I thought was, I thought what they were saying is that the gospel advances in spite of adversity. Right? Does that make sense? Even though there's all these different obstacles and, and odds, the gospel is still going to advance. And that's true. But that's not what it meant as I looked at this closely. And it's not even saying that the gospel is going to advance right in the midst of adversity. It's saying more than that. Do you see what it's saying here? It says adversity is the very means of the gospel's advancement. That's what God uses to advance the gospel. Adversity. Now you say, well, is that just an unusual thing? Um, just wishful thinking, delusional thinking, but look at the story of the church in Acts. Right, do you remember Acts 1, verse 8? Do you remember that? It says, you'll receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be my witnesses. And where does he say? In Jerusalem, but then where else? Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's in Acts 1, verse 8. When does the gospel go to Samaria? It's not until Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And why does the gospel go to Samaria in Acts 8, verse 1? Because they got persecuted. And when they were scattered, they proclaimed the gospel in Samaria. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't have preached the gospel there unless they got persecuted. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But that was the means that God used to advance the gospel. Look at Paul's testimony himself. When Paul in Acts chapter 9 comes to Christ, what does the Lord say to Ananias? He says, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the gospel. And then what does he say right after that? I'm going to show him how much he must what? Suffer in my name. Do you see that? Think about how the church in Philippi got started in Acts chapter 16. Do you remember that? Paul ends up in a jail cell, right? Paul and Silas, they're singing songs, and the jailer ends up being converted in all his household, and that's the beginning of the church in Philippi. Amazing. This happens throughout. The gospel advances through adversity. Adversity itself is the very instrument of the gospel's advancement. Lord, have mercy. We can look at our own history in this country. And look at the way the gospel advanced in spite of injustice and racism and oppression and slavery and all of those things. And all those things are unjust and evil. And yet, God used them to advance the gospel in ways that are unimaginable.
And so the instrument of advancing the gospel is adversity. Now, what do we take away? One thing is I want you to praise God for your own story. Because can't you look back at your own story and see the adversity in your own life and see how God worked in that? Maybe you were at a place where you were ready to give up. Maybe you were at a place when you thought nobody cared, nobody loves you, nobody cared if you're alive. And right in that moment, that's the place when God met you and God saved you and God claimed you. That's true for the church, that's true for you individually. Praise God for how he's worked in your life. Can you do that? Can you look back and think about how God made a way out of no way in your life? How God provided when you didn't know how he would provide for you. How God saved you when you didn't even think you were savable. God did that. Praise God for that. But here's something else I want to say right along with that. And that is, on the one hand, we do praise God for the way that he has used adversity, right, to bring us to himself. But at the same time, I'm not minimizing the pain of your adversity. And so right along with praising God for those things, it's also all right and it's good, actually, for us to grieve and lament those places of deep pain, that adversity that hurt us to the very core. It's all right to cry about that. It's all right to cry out to God. It's all right to grieve that. It's good to do that. We can look and say, yes, praise God for how God used it. But it's all right still at the same time to look at it and say, that hurt. And I'm still hurting from that. I'm still grieving from that. It's all right. God is great and big enough to handle both. God can handle our praise and God can handle our lament at the same time even. And so cry out to him. And, and last thing is just think about what you came in with now. I don't know how you came into 2023. I don't know how 2022 ended for you, right? Somebody, we might come in 2023 excited for all that God is going to do because you're excited about what he did in 22. But also recognize that maybe you come in the 2023 still hurting, still grieving things that happened in 22. And so this last thing that I ask you is to look at those places of pain, look at those adverse places of adversity right now and re-examine them and say, God, is this a place where you can work to advance the gospel in 2023. I know it hurts. I know it's a place of deep pain, but God, I know the way that you work. I know that you're able to work in the midst of adversity and use that as a means for the gospel's advancement. I want you to be able to look at those places of pain and say, God, can you bring something good out of this? Can you bring something amazing out of this pain? Can you bring something, can you bring life out of this place of death right now? Can you do that? The instrument for advancing the gospel is adversity. Now the other point we have, the other thing we're going to look at is the impact of advancing the gospel. We want to look at the impact that it had. What is the impact of advancing the gospel? Look at verse 13. First, we're going to see the impact among unbelievers. Look at what happened. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial, imperial Guard, and that is both a place, right, the Imperial Guard, and that's 
it's like a couple thousand elite soldiers that are in this Imperial Guard. He says it's become, through, it's become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to all the rest what's become known. That my imprisonment, literally my chains, are for Christ. Do y'all see what happened? Paul is in the place, the most powerful place, really in the world at that time. He is chained among the Imperial Guard. Now, if he wanted to share Christ with them, and I know he did, could you walk up to the front door and, and say, excuse me, can I tell you about the four spiritual laws and the wonderful plan that God has for your life? Could you get in that way? No. But how did Paul get in? <laughs> Through being put in jail. And he ends up being a witness to the most powerful people in the world. Can you imagine what those conversations would be like? So what you in for? Well, I'm, I've been saying that there's a new Lord. It ain't Caesar. My Lord is Jesus. And, and they say, well, what, citizen are, what citizenship are, are you with? Where are you from? He said, well, on the one hand, I am a citizen of Rome, but I'm a citizen of another place. I'm a citizen of another city. I'm a citizen of a greater city. Other, other people can say, you know, we're in here for, for causing riots and revolutions. And he can say, really? So am I. But I did it through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at what would happen. Do you see that? The gospel is going forth in an incredible way to people that otherwise would never have heard about it. And so how have you seen that happen? Just think about the last three years, right? Think about in a pandemic. Have y'all seen this? Places you never would have imagined ended up hearing about Jesus. People ended up hearing about Jesus in ways you never thought imaginable, like live streaming or, or something else because of a daggone pandemic. You know, um, I'm trying to think of how many thousand this was. Andrew, you'll know the right number for this. But during the time when um, everything was shut down at school, Omi Talisha started doing meals for kids that were not able to go to school, right? And who were dependent on having these meals. And so Andrew, you know the number, right? It was something like, it's 300,000, is that right? Something like that, 300,000 meals were given out to these children that live right here in the West End. I got to make friends with a guy named Mariano through serving these, these Umi Talisha tacos and all of this stuff. I never would have gotten to know them. This never would have happened. We met all of these people in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of adversity. You can look at your own story and see how God has done that. And so unbelievers got to do that. And so what do we do? Pray for how God might use the adversity that exists around us, how, might, how God might use the social unrest, the political division, all of the different things that are going on around us, how might God use that to help people know about Jesus? So that's among unbelievers. Now let's look, what's the impact among believers? Look at verse 14. It says, look, most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So do you see that? Do you see what happened? It didn't just impact unbelievers, but what impact did it have on believers? The brothers saw, hold up, wait a minute. The gospel is going forward even though he's in jail? Hold up, I'm gonna preach the gospel too. 
God must be big. He's able to move inside the prison. Surely God can move outside the prison. And so they became more bold in proclaiming the gospel to the people around them. Do you see the impact that that had? Now, if you keep on reading in the passage that comes after, Paul talks about, you know, some people preach Christ out of sincere motives, but some people preach Christ out of envy. And so you would think Paul says, I don't like those guys that preach it out of envy. They're trying to cause trouble for me. But Paul is like, I don't care. <laughs> the thing that matters is that Christ gets preached. And so let his name be proclaimed. If they like me or not, I don't care. But the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out farther and farther and farther. And much, many more people are bolder to share the gospel. Aren't you encouraged? when you hear somebody's testimony, right? Maybe you came to church that day and, and you didn't hear anything that, that the pastor said. Maybe you didn't hear the song, but you were just talking to somebody during the greeting or during the prayer time and you heard them talk about something that God did and you leave with boldness and you leave encouraged. You leave ready because you saw how God worked in somebody else's life. So what's the takeaway from that? is we need to continue to give testimony, continue to share testimony with each other. And we'll do that in service, but I mean outside of that. Share testimony with each other about how God is working. I was hoping um, Alex and Isaac were going to be here today, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. One, I was thinking about when we were in prayer time, things that we were thanking God for in 2022. And I was thanking God that he brought those brothers to himself in 2022. That amazing. And I got to baptize those young men. And those guys are sticking with it, right? They're not giving that up. They're sticking with it. They're following God. They're trying to figure out how to do that together. They're staying with it. But I don't know if y'all know this. The reason that those guys got here is because their girlfriends told them, we ain't going out with you unless you come to church with us. And so that was, that was what got them there. Praise God for Anissa and Kimberly. But also, praise God for Stephanie and for Andrew and for Lester and for Jeffrey Clay. Why am I bringing them up? Because four years ago, those guys came to work at Harambe. And for all that time, look, think about that. That's before this church came into existence. God was already working in the lives of those young brothers through different people. You might not even know who those people are, but God was using them to bring those brothers to himself. And I got the privilege to baptize them. But do you see how God was working behind the scenes? And I say that to you today because maybe you come discouraged. Because maybe you just have been with some family members, right, over the holidays, or you've been with some friends, and you've been praying for them. You've been witnessing to them. You've been sharing your life for them with them for years and years and years and years. And you don't think God is doing anything in their heart. And I say that to encourage you to keep on going because you don't know. God is working. God is using you. So keep on loving them. Keep on sharing that gospel. Keep on praying for them and watch what God will do. That's the impact of advancing the gospel. So as we get ready to close, what do we do with all this? What do we do? Well, let me ask you, why is Paul sharing all this? Was he just trying to give them a missions report? 
So they would be happy and encouraged and say, oh, that's great for, for you, Paul. That's wonderful. Uh-uh. He was sharing that with them, and he was calling them to imitate his life. He was calling them to join the party. He was calling them to join in advancing the gospel in their place. And that's the challenge to us, in advancing the gospel here in this place that God has called us to. But how are we going to do that? Where are we going to find the power to do that? I know maybe somebody here is saying, well, I am not like Paul. Well, the message is not just be like Paul. The message is look to the one to whom Paul pointed. You say, I'm not a great missionary and church planner and evangelist like Paul. Well, that's all right. Look to the greatest missionary and the greatest evangelist and the greatest church planner, the one to whom Paul points. And that's none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about him, right? His story is the ultimate example of adversity being used not just to advance, but to create the gospel itself. We see that in his life. Now think about Jesus. He didn't have a church to write to, to, to encourage, to get people to pray for him because the church wasn't in existence yet. And even his best friends, what did they do with him when he got arrested? They denied him. They betrayed him. They deserted him. And then he ends up not just being arrested unjustly or convicted unjustly, but he receives the death penalty unjustly. But don't you know that God is so good that that very death penalty ends up being the instrument of the gospel's creation and the gospel's advancement. That's why the Bible says the message of the cross, it's foolishness to those that are perishing. Oh, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now, what about the impact of his gospel message? What is the impact for unbelievers? That everybody, and this is true for us today, this is true for you at home, that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Maybe there's somebody that comes today that doesn't know him yet. I invite you to come after this service is over. Come on up and pray with the people you find up front. Come, pray and come and see how God has brought you. He's come after you with the greatest example of adversity, using the instrument of the cross of Jesus Christ to have the impact of bringing you to himself. And for those of us that are already believers in Jesus Christ, what does it say to us? What happens as a result of what Jesus did? What did we say from Acts chapter 1? You're going to receive what? Power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my, what? My witnesses in your Jerusalem. Welcome, Terrence. In your Judea and Samaria and even to the very ends of the earth. Let us do so fixing our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, our Lord Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, what did we say he was doing? What did Deborah tell us he's doing? Where he lives to intercede for you and I as we live as his ambassadors here in this community. Rest in him, run to him. Rejoice in him today. Will you do that as he advances the gospel in 2023? Will you do that? Let's pray.
Thanks for listening, and God bless.